0: This is the New Canaan Society podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. We are a group of men who gather together to encourage each other in friendship and in faith and to support each other to be better husbands, fathers, and better men in the marketplace and in our communities. Friendship at NCS happens through our regular meetings in local chapters all across the country. The Franklin, Tennessee chapter meets the first and third Thursday each month at Puckett's Grocery and Restaurant in downtown Franklin from 7 to 8 a.m. This podcast is sponsored by Harrington Interactive Media. Working on a book? Let us help you get it to print. We can edit your book, design the cover, and help you list it on Amazon's print-on-demand services. See examples of our work and connect with us at HarringtonInteractive.com. In this episode, we hear a conversation with Keith Getty. Recorded on May 2nd, 2019.
1: Good morning, brothers. Um, My name is Wes Yoder. Most of you guys know that. But I'm back uh, from a couple of weeks in Europe uh, where there are sparks of light all over the place. People coming alive in Jesus and uh, in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of the things that uh, became very clear to me is the depth of the hunger that exists and is so visible in places throughout Europe um, and and one, of the, one of the key messages of the last two weeks in the, in the events that we held was that following Jesus is a way of life. Um, and one of the things that I, that I wrote down just as a, in my own meditation was, um, that I wanted to share with you while, while there was that discovering my humanity in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is like coming home to discover my dwelling place in him. And this is one of the messages that we have as we uh, work to build uh, friendships that are deeper among men, uh, vibrant relationships that carry us uh, through the rest of our life. Uh, So many men came up to to us in Europe and so many wives and girlfriends saying, uh, I don't know how to reach my husband, I don't know how to talk to my boyfriend. Uh, One young lady said, I I wrote uh, a note to my boyfriend today saying, why can't you talk to me about your feelings? And he was honest. He wrote back to her and said, because I don't know the words. And one of the things that I hope happens here at uh, New Canaan Society and our gatherings and our uh, meetings around food and around Jesus and around our tables is that we learn the words uh, of our hearts so that we can say I love you to our children. We're not gonna be like the fathers who could never say that to us, or, or the grandfathers that never said it to our fathers. And we have um, the incredible opportunity of changing the next generation because of our life. Uh, if, you, if you have a legacy uh, that has been one where father never said I love you, never could say I'm sorry, never could say I'm wrong, maybe you're in a family that, that had abuse and that kind of thing, it can stop with you. It does stop with you. It stops right here in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so that's one of the things that we're about here. Uh, and building the deeper relationships that are life-giving uh, for men and brothers uh, here in this community. And it may not look like much, uh, 100 guys meeting twice a month. But I promise you, if, if, if following Jesus is the way of life and we stop the generational things that have happened, in our life, and we can do that together. You can't do it alone, so don't even try, but we can do it together. The change that will come from this room to our community is profound, uh, absolutely profound. Uh, we have a, a, a really beautiful morning uh, here. There's going to be a conversation uh, with Keith Getty, and there's going to be a little bit of music, but before, Keith, come on, let's find a microphone. Uh, why don't you take this one? But we, we've got a, oh, bar schools, yeah, for an Irishman.
2: Thank you. This is a book, Do you know somebody who could promote a book for me?
1: I know, can you imagine, can you imagine? Are the, there Amish,
2: other, the Amish and the Irish. Yeah, are there, are there
1: other Amish, uh, other Amish other Irish guys in the room? Let's see, Irish heritage, come on. We got Billy Taft back here, my dear friend, we got a bunch of guys, so you're not alone. The Amish and the Irish. Amish share, and the Irish.
2: Share two bars to yeah, hey, I go, love it. We go back a little ways.
1: Um, What's what's your first recollection of coming to Nashville, and why did you bother to come here?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's about three trips, all in the late 90s, and uh, I think by some bizarre coincidence we met each other on all three of them. Um, uh, came to visit in in 96, 7, and 8. I don't remember that time, but I think possibly Doug Gresham and. Uh, and uh, Michael and
1: Doug Gresham is C.S. Lewis's stepson, right? right? Joy, Dave, Joy.
2: Dave Payne, and uh, and then of course we set up at Dan Cobb's house, and Bob Mackenzie used to come, and so we, we we met each other a few times in those early years, and are coming to visit. So it's it's really extra special to be here twenty, at least twenty two years. At least on. that.
1: Um, <laughs> One of the things that, uh, I, from the very first time that we were, we would have dinner together. I would drive you around. We'll talk a little bit about that. I think there's an incident sure. that you wanted to make sure you. No,
2: there's none. I want to. You sure. wanted not to get ever. not ever again.
1: You wanted to get off your heart and uh, and <laughs> just be able to have a like a public confession okay. because this is how we find our healing. But uh,
2: well, it, was, it was nice being here. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, it's really
1: nice having you this morning. Uh, and so uh, one of the one of the things that always uh, was. was I would say this to you is that Keith you're going to be the you're the you're the you're the Elton John of Christian music
2: oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad at, at so many
1: levels with the, uh, without the knighthood right yeah I am with the knighthood yeah seen. we are right uh, I don't know, how in the world did we uh, get to the point where we think a knight is someone who rides a piano bench at Wembley Stadium? <laughs> isn't, isn't it supposed to be more let anyway, let's, we can just leave that alone. Um, Keith Getty. Uh, Keith, tell us a little bit about um, your early life, your father, what he did, um, kind of how you grew up, and just your story.
2: Well, I grew up in a very uh, normal home, I guess, uh, which many of you could empathize with. I grew up in the north of Ireland, well, not, not the north of Ireland, but I grew up in the north of Ireland, County Antrim. Um, my my dad just had a normal job work for the government. My mum was a piano teacher. My dad was a church organist in his spare time. That was, I, I guess, you would say, by vocational. He did it voluntarily, and um, so I grew up in a home that was filled with music, that was filled with faith, and uh, I will always be eternally grateful for the, the upbringing that I had. So.
1: So what what. Uh... You started music early on. And you had this influence from your father, but um, do you, I mean, like most musicians, don't know how to do anything else. I mean, I have friends who are musicians who don't know how to operate a screwdriver. But I mean, <laughs> did you did you do other jobs growing up? Like no, most I've, kids,
2: I've never I've never even done a summer job. I've, I've always just been in music. I, I managed to con them a little bit because I kept saying I wanted to do these summer outreach teams. It was really important to my heart and that got me out of doing summer jobs and then after that I started to get in, by the time I could start to get music scholarships then I then I dropped the outreach teams and did that instead and so I never I actually have never actually gone to work my whole life which is a which is kind of pathetic and uh, uh but,
1: um, well, you look like you've been working pretty hard. So I mean, it's like you—it's not that you—you've—you've you've learned something about work, obviously.
2: Well, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I think uh, at one level, you know, one became very ideological. When I grew up. I started. We started a boys' group, a, a kind of an, a, a New Canaan Society for 17-year-old boys when we were in in, upper, in final year at high school. And, and, and frankly, I think I can say this here, but um, the reason the group was started initially was to clean up our conversation. So how do you clean up your conversation on yeah. Saturday night? Because we wanted to please the Lord, but we were 17 and we were boys. And uh, so, <laughs> so we started, we thought, actually, if we studied the Bible, we started going through Philippians, going through a book of the Bible every week, and that would improve things, and it did. And in the providence of God, uh, seven of that group became pastors. Five of them went to Oxford and Cambridge, and all of them became pastors. There was just one guy who's a consultant doctor who in in Cambridge now who who preaches two Sundays a month at his church. And then myself, we're the only pagans in the group. And, uh,
1: <laughs> the and preacher uh, in the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
2: so it's been, it's been a, that was an amazing story of how God took a group of random guys in a random time. But, but, but all that to say, I, I became very. What I began to learn was that, you know, when I read people like my heroes, like Martin Luther, and you realize that he talked about reformation of the Christian life, and you know, he he was he had a really wonderful understanding of both theology, but the joy of life and living a very full life. And but he said reformation comes through the preaching and the singing of the word. And of course, our generation, the observation one makes is there's an awful lot of preachers preaching reformation and the Bible. There's not so many people really trying to teach the Bible through songs. Yeah. The emphasis has shifted right. other directions. And not all of them wrong, but. But certainly the emphasis has shifted our direction. So I wanted to really teach the Bible through through modern hymns, and so that began. And and in, in the providence of God, the first hymn which we wrote, in you know, sort of 25 at the time, uh, was in Christ alone, and then that really opened the door to this work. And so and so I guess because we're kind of in a, in a lonesome lane, uh, we've had to find companies and and manage things and and grow up and actually have to take responsibility in a yeah, kind of a right awakening. There's something about being self-employed that kind of cures the common cold straight away, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, they didn't tell you you're going to have to make payroll or any of that. You could build a company for yourself if you can build it for someone else, but who said we had to pay our taxes? I mean, how do we do this, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was, I was, all that was it. Yeah. Do, do you have to pay tax?
1: I, I, okay. Well, if you're Irish, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, Billy Taft can help you with that after the fact, so... Uh, But uh, going uh, just uh, from your perspective now, looking back at that young 17-year-old group, what advice do you have for yourself and your buddies at 17 now from your perspective?
2: There's so many things. I think probably the thing that sticks out the most is is, um, I had the privilege of one night, Professor John Lennox, the, the mathematics professor at Oxford, came to Northern Ireland. He's from Northern Ireland, and he came and spoke. At an event, and we talked ourselves into going to his house, going to the the host house for supper afterwards. We just wouldn't give up. And so, yeah. why don't you all come for supper? And he said, to me, he said, I was sort of toying. Will I be a pastor like the rest, or will I be a musician? And he said, be the best musician you can possibly be, but make sure your faith is growing faster. Than your music, oh, beautiful! No, there's no empirical yeah, proof for that. We can't, yeah. you know. It's not like we can get it. We can, we can check out. It's not like we can check up the stocks and the shares every hour and see how hard <laughs> and see how our sincerity is doing. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, um, but it, it is important that the, the application and the focus and the drive and the desire and the planning that we put into our daily working life Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's working or retired or whatever or pastor or whatever it is that that there's a deeper care and a deeper priority to daily prayer life too and whether it's praying whether it's it's myself whether it's praying with my wife whether it's praying with my kids whether it's praying with my staff uh, whether it's studying the bible and constantly learning Mm -hmm. new things if that is not growing at the same speed as as our life as a as a manager or a mother or, a, or a minister, or whatever, then there is a there is a, a breaking that's going to happen, and so that, you know, I, I've finished every year in my life feeling I haven't succeeded the way I'd like to, but, but it's constantly there. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's more. You finish a week, and I, I still try to ask the question. So, how did we grow in our in our prayer life and in our knowledge of the Lord this week, over and above, you know, how. Where were our sales targets or our writing targets or, right. or whatever else?
1: So. so you you've had uh, some incredible experiences while here. One was being on staff with Alistair Begg. Uh, I
2: was never on staff. With you me. were never
1: on staff. No. Why? why is he, this? Was my,
2: he was my buddy. He's your buddy, right there, okay?
1: Yeah. But we, you you we were on like staff that. with with a couple of churches at one point. No,
2: no I've never been. In, I've never had a job. See, with.
1: this is the mythology. No, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm I'm clinically unemployable.
1: I, I'm trying to give you some credibility here. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> So you so you have a friend, his name is Alistair Begg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other friends? As much
2: as as much as as much as you as much as as much as you can like someone from Scotland, yeah. So
1: You know, he, he reads that heretic George MacDonald and likes him I mean I don't know what you do with that as an Irishman right yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible so um, you you made a turn um, away from what was kind of the popular development of Christian music back in the late 90s and uh, and I want to talk about this for a minute because um, I, I I worked early on as you know as an agent in, in Christian music when we had Jesus music we had folk and we had rock we had almost you know jazz we had uh, stuff that was a you know almost metal we had Michael card I mean we had all kinds of early uh, variety and it seemed to me that as time went on um, the, the purveyors of Christian music took this wide dynamic range and, and kind of squished it into a monotone and killed it. Uh, and I can say that now because I was a part of creating some of that um, but but it seemed that music became boring. Uh, I, I lost interest in it. Uh, when when the CCM sound was take it or leave it, this is what you do. It, bring me something in this in this genre, and you saw some of this and turned a different direction. Let's talk about that for a bit.
2: Uh, that's probably an overstatement. I've actually never heard Christian radio. I've never in my life listened to it, and I know know nothing about it. Um, I've never been to a Christian music concert, so um, I, I'm actually pretty naive to whatever happens there. I, our, our goal was pretty much to try and help write hymns that teach the faith. Yeah. And so we have really, you know, and I guess you know, I'm a classical nerd from Ireland, you know what I mean, who you know who, who kind of likes historic church music, but also I like you know more classic songs. And so I, I've, we've uh, we've really just focused on trying to write hymns that that, that, that give people a bigger vision of, of God, because because what we sing. You know, affects profoundly how we think, how we how we believe, how we feel. What, what most of us know more verses of scripture from what we have sung in life than from what we've been taught. Sorry, pastors. Uh, that, but but secondly, it affects our family lives. And you know, as a as a father of four little daughters, uh, you know, I'm conscious that every child has a song. You know, and. Uh, I want to make sure the songs that are in their hearts are good ones. You know, we're just laughing this week at the, uh, <laughs> at the, at the release, and and we're friendly with you know you know Taylor Swift's management, so there's no there's no offense meant. But you know, like even we grew up with Bridge Over Troubled Water right. and When Beneath My Wings is love songs. Even I Will Always Love You seemed to step down. Her love song that came out this week was called Me.
1: Right, that's, that's quite a philosophical shift oh, of yeah, love yeah, songs.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a love song of the modern yeah. age. So, you know, all children have songs. All grandchildren, yeah. they've got songs. So if they're not songs of... If they don't have a core of songs of the Lord as well as yeah. all the other songs. And I love... I love I have a very eclectic listening taste. And we listen in our house to all kinds of stuff. And uh, my girls dance to the best of Frank Sinatra really well. Um, we need to have songs that they can carry with them through lives that help them understand the beauty, the beauty of the Lord above all things. And then, of course, it binds together. It should... By bind together churches as well, and so, so, so that's really what we've been. And as we've developed, that we've tried to write, we've tried, tried, our best to write, and then find opportunities. So, so, you know, we actually thought about it in phases. We started a, we started a record label to get the songs out. We started a, a, touring company to travel around and introduce the music. And then we um, got involved in education with the Sing Conference uh, here in the city. We started a, a, a family foundation. Um, developing in the, in the, in, in, around the world and, and now we're involved a little bit more in education. So we've just each time really just tried to say what's the next thing we need to do to help um, build deep songs into the church. We haven't really we've never along the way if it's helped to do a distribution deal with with, with, Bill, with Capital and Bill Heron or whatever to help us get secondary distribution right. we've done that but we've never really uh, maybe we should have more. I, uh, perhaps I should have. I don't know. But we've never really engaged.
1: So well, it's sort of it sort either. of like the Bill Gaither model. And looking back about should have, could have, would have, uh, he did it his way. And it yeah. seemed to work pretty well. And I think yeah. you have a model that's, that's working well. And I got more uh, hair.
2: I got more hair. You, than you got more than hair said. than Bill. This is, this is uh,
1: mine. Bill, Bill wouldn't argue that. Uh, he, <laughs> Bill, uh, we had a, when, when Bill came to uh, speak for us here at NCS, uh, we asked everybody to wear hats because uh, it was too early in the morning, he said, for him to get up and bother shampooing his hair. <laughs> and, and so everybody wore hats in that honor of Bill that day. Yeah, we, we, we could have done that for you if you wanted this to. Uh, talk, talk for a bit about um, you're, a, you're a musician, and you you play in, in what I call the sandbox of God's creativity, the sandbox of ideas, and it's a musical uh, playground for you. But talk about uh, creativity inside your relationship with jesus what does it what does it mean uh, Just just give me I know you 've thought about this oh, some, gosh. but yeah it's it 's kind of a, a wide open question, so you can take it anywhere you want to but it's it 's to me such an important theme. Uh, we had Charlie Peacock here a couple of weeks ago talking about neighbor. yeah t- yeah talking about creativity, the image of God, uh, what it means for the likeness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be displayed through us in, in our creativity. Give us some thoughts on that.
2: Well, well, Charlie's come on to the SING conference this year to, to speak in that because he knows more about it than I do.
1: So, He's the new C.S. Lewis in our community, I think. Uh,
2: so, um, well, I, you know, gosh, I, you know, creativity, I don't know where to start here. Um, creativity, you know, uh, I, I think for me as a hymn writer is, is trying to help is not trying. Is not trying. You know, some of my friends from the reform background, especially, are very keen to you know get. Now that we write hymns, let's get the big doctrines and songs right. and make it like theologically sound and and singable. And it's like they don't even they don't even smile the whole time. And it's like, and I'm going. Well, let's. That's, all. that's You've over. seen those
1: Irish Reformed uh, preachers on the street well, no, in the Belfast? Ir- the
2: Irish Reformed guys smile. Well, but, um, some of them, the ones well, yeah, I saw well, in well, Belfast on the, the, in the, the angry, street
1: the, didn't. The angry street preachers. Yeah, yeah, no, the angry ones yeah, didn't. Yeah. Avoid
2: them. Avoid them. <laughs> so, um, they, you know, I think, so, you know, and that's not what it is. When we go for our anniversary with our wife, and we go to the cork and the cow, or whatever it is, wherever it is you go around here for your anniversary dinner with your wife, you're not looking for somewhere where the food is edible. And the roof keeps the rain out. You know, you want something that's beautiful. Right. You want something that captures our imagination, not because we're bad or indulgent, but because we're made in the image of God, um, who was a lover of beauty. And and so I think, I think for all of us, you know, it, 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 it's so important. It's it, it's worth me writing a hundred, it's, it's worth me writing 500 melodies and demoing 60 songs every year, to have two hymns yeah. that help God's church. Yeah. You know, that is. That is a year well done. Yeah. Not because it isn't actually about a message; it's about creating a message that is uniquely beautiful and it says something that I guess, it's, in one sense, it says something that nobody in history has said quite that way.
1: Right. You know. So, right.
2: so the challenge is. It, so it actually is hard work, as much as. Who are we kidding? We're still musicians. You know. Um, I think over the years, creativity. Um, we have a very unusual, I guess in some ways, life. For, for Not least of all, because I, 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 work, I work with my wife. We write songs together. We're artists together. And we've founded a family of companies together. And we've actually, we're, we're married 15, months, 15 years next month. And we've actually never had a night apart. So we've pretty much yeah. done all of life together. And uh, part of that is a protection thing for us, for any number of reasons. I just thought, you know what, this is going to be awkward. But, for the two out of a hundred times, it's awkward ninety eight times is better, yeah, mm-hmm. so I've just gone with the awkwardness and missed we missed out we missed out in a huge opportunity last week, which we can never get back again, but that's okay because yeah. of all the things that were good yeah. you know out of it, you know and uh, but one of the things I've learned from that, I'm not sure I guess it's related to creativity is is that it is rare. it is rare that your wife does not make you wiser, do you know what right. I mean so. So, you know, for example, we, we 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 worked really hard over the years of praying together. You would think if you're you'd pray together lots. No, your husband and wife, you've always 20 better things to do right. than praying together. And uh, uh, so at one point when she was pregnant with with Tally, our youngest, one morning we, we started to pray together, and she goes, sweetheart, she goes, I didn't sleep last night. I'm feeling nauseous. The last thing I want to do is look at your smug face and smell your aftershave while you pray with such confidence. Would you mind writing your prayer out in a text and texting it to me? So <laughs> Nice. So, yeah. so I did. I, wrote, I journaled my prayer that day, and then I wrote her a little prayer at the front of it just yeah. for her, and then I said, here's the prayer I prayed. And we started doing that. And I say that to you just as a practice. I, that, that at that point in our marriage was transformative yeah. because the importance of having that kind of relationship with your wife Actually, not only secures but frees you in your work, whether whatever kind of creativity or actionable thing it is. And to live life like that, I think that is that is a thing that's taken us many years of work and many we've we've fallen off the horse so many times yeah. with this. but you just keep getting back on. and so I think I have learned that. and then just also, the value, you know, the value of, of local church. We go to Village Chapel in Hillsborough Village. We just lived in, it's in the Green Hill side of Hillsborough Village. We live in the Hillsborough Village side of Green Hills. And, uh, you know, that, being stuck into that community now for nine years has been wonderful. Charlie sits behind us yeah, and lives across the street. And so that, that's nice. But, um, but you know, that's a, that's a community that's been, I think, important. <coughs> and then just, you know, having quality friendships, you know, it's a, uh, it, it sounds, it's sounds a really boring answer. Were we expecting something like from like from from C. S. Lewis or Tolkien or something there? No,
1: no, no, no. I was expecting kind of a Keith Getty thing, and I think we got close, didn't we? <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, stop. Sorry, sorry, but you you boring. touch on something that I think is really uh, important to men because we, you know, we go to these marriage seminars maybe once in our life, and we go, I can't live up to that. Or we, yeah, yeah. you know, we go to promise keepers, and it's rah rah and it's beautiful, when but then
2: break, we then you break your promise. Yeah, and, and
1: we should have probably called it promise breakers. You yeah, yeah. know you know because we're so good at this and so then we get into these guilt and shame things and yeah. so the, the the teaching about oh uh, we should pray with our wife every day and i i love the gentleness which you know and the the honesty that you talk about this because i'm a morning person yeah. and if i try to pray with linda when i take her a cup of coffee in the morning she she i have taken her coffee in bed Every, more, every morning of our married life, even if we're in New York and I have to walk five blocks down the street to a Starbucks, that, it used to be that way, now it's right around the corner.
2: That's a good thing where it's just,
1: I know, it's, okay. it's like I'm a hero, but the, no, the itself, it's, it's self-preservation. No, it's
2: good, it's good. I, would, I, I should do but it for it, my wife, because my wife doesn't like coffee. Yeah. So I could <laughs> offer it, she'd say no, and then I could drink it. Yeah, yeah, but... but
1: <laughs> The point, the point being is the same thing that, that you know, Kristen was telling you. If, if I, The morning moment when she wakes up and I'm wide awake and I've been awake for an hour or two is not the moment she wants to pray with me. Later, yeah. it works. So you have to kind of play with your own, your own life and figure out what it is. And, and one of the things uh, that I've always liked about you, and, and I, I think this is still true about you because we don't spend as much time together as we used to, but there always seems to be um, a playfulness in your heart. Uh, whether it's from your Irish background or just the natural part of the way God made Keith Getty but I believe, and this is one of the the primary tenets of of what you find in the New Canaan Society chapters around the country is that a man who who does not have his playfulness has not come into his full manhood because we need the child likeness of our manhood in order to enter the kingdom of God
2: Most people just say the Irish are shallow I don't Um, know what I agree with what you're saying. That's pretty sorry, good. I didn't want. I didn't want to ruin that, what you that, said. That, was no, no, a, that's
1: pretty good. I, I don't know how to cope no, with. I was going to ask you for an Irish joke, and <laughs> yeah, that's the pretty Irish good. don't know
2: how to cope with. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anything,
1: so, so I want to talk for a minute about um, Irish folklore. <laughs> it was, it's not on the list, but you know, it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard um, there was no list. I heard a snippet on public radio uh, back in the somewhere in the eighties, uh, and it, it was this. It was this particular thing. Maybe you know about this. Maybe you don't. I think Billy knows about it, and and it was this thing. The one, you know how you can be sitting on an airplane, and you hear one line, and it's like, oh my gosh, what was the rest of that conversation? But you hear one thing. Well, the one thing I heard on the on this radio thing, and then it was over. Was only pigs can see the wind. And it 's an Irish folklore that you can you can if you 're a farmer you can you can you know tell what the weather's going to be by by watching what the pigs do. I know this is really far afield, but
2: uh, I have no idea where this is going
1: that 's because you never had a job on a farm okay <laughs> uh, My Irish friends who've worked on farms know about this, but I, I thought uh, but you know the whole sense of the Irish sense of humor I think comes from being stuck on an island too long by themselves, <laughs> and they have to amuse themselves but you, you you have this sense of playfulness in your life that I absolutely love, and I think is really endearing to the people who who care about you.
2: Yeah, well, uh, others may say different. I don't know, but um, I, I gosh, I, I think it's important. I think it's important. You know, when, when I was when before I was a hymn writer, when hymn, in my twenties, hymn, hymn writing was essentially my what the New Testament folks would call tent making. So, so, or sorry, I had tent. I was a tent maker. Then I had hymn writing. My tent making was as a, a musical arranger, a composer. And uh, we did a lot of work in Prague. And I used to work with a lot of my, a lot of the guys who worked in the orchestral sessions were, were Jewish guys. And most of them didn't believe in God. And we, but we used, to, we used to go out for, we used to go out to the, the bars afterwards downtown Prague and Wenceslas Square, and it was great fun. But um, they would always talk about how, you know, the Christians don't know how to Sabbath, you know. And uh, it was a kind of a common theme. They liked to hammer at us. And uh, because of their sense of festivals and sense of that, th- that kind of thing. Now, you know, in one sense, if if you're a Christian or you've got Christian friends and all they want to talk about is drinking and the cool new restaurant and, and that kind of stuff, if that is if that is their if that is their life, then that's actually paganism. In case you hadn't worked out, so so begin to be suspicious about what direction their spiritual life is going. But at the same time, uh, you know, part of the Christian life is is celebration and is eating and drinking and dancing to the glory of god and enjoying life and uh, and and sabbath and rest and uh, so i think i think those things are important um you know you know personally i'm pretty simple in that in that in turing's what well, touring season's different but in a normal week i you know you know, we go home in the in the, in the evening, and, and we have a good time. Do you know what I mean? We just we, we do a lot of just a lot of fun stuff and enjoy. For me, I enjoy people and relationships, and that's that's what that's what um, that's that's there. But I, I, and I think constantly, you know, we, we we I think accompanying a vision for what one does must be a joy and what we do and a thankfulness. My my father-in-law said to me early in in my marriage to Kristen, he said, you know, thankfulness is a great antidote both to pride and and to victimhood. Do you know what I mean? So many of us swagger around with a with pride, which either is we want you to know what we've achieved in life, or we want to be recognized in this room, or we want you to we want you to see what well, why what we're going to say is cleverer than the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Or how we're going to retell a story that, that makes us look just maybe 5% better than perhaps it was. Um, or maybe we haven't even analyzed ourselves that much to realize <coughs> that's what we're doing. But on the other side of the coin, many of us are probably carrying broken relationships or, or moments in our history that we're not proud of. And <clears throat> I think when we read the New Testament, this chap Paul, this chap Paul who writes these letters, is is shipwrecked has had has had physical beatings beyond what any of us I'm pretty certain in this room ever had has been rejected by so many people um, is facing death and lives this lives this language of thankfulness that is almost overwhelming because of what God has given him and so I, I'm not sure I'm not sure I, I can give you you know ten good steps to relaxing but I think true thankfulness all the time when we see ourselves becoming proud when we see ourselves you know being the victim and just being annoying and obnoxious for everybody around us or when we see ourselves about to walk into a room and realize this is the place that i feel i have to show off do you mean just know when those times are and when we feel insecure and, and and develop thankfulness but thankfulness practice you know leads to a joy you know and uh so I think, I think those things are, are just good practices for both in our in our prayer life, in the mornings, and with our families, but also just as we go through the day.
1: Yeah. You know? I think you're tapping on something and this will be our last thought and then be, we'll do a couple songs? Sure. Or sure. Are you will, not me. But well, I, yeah. can't,
2: I can't really sing, so yeah, yeah. are you guys up for singing a couple yeah. yeah. Hymns
1: but, but one final thought as we do that. Um, there's there's uh, some sometimes the advice that you give to younger guys, at least one guy that I know that you gave this advice to, is like, don't be too hard on yourself one, le- one level because you're Going to keep failing, you're never going to achieve perfection. At the same time, there's this effort toward um, a, 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 I, the, the word striving has maybe too many punitive uh, thoughts to it. But there's this there's a space that we live in where we are still learning to live with our own imperfections. Do you have any any final thoughts about that? Yeah, I
2: think I think striving is a fair word. I think because you know Paul, for all his thankfulness and all his joy, is still striving towards the goal. You know, and I see it both. I see it both in charismatic and reformed traditions right now that there's a kind of an almost a passivity that doesn't want to strive. Mm-hmm. And actually, striving is part of it. It's not a it's not a fundamentalist guilt led fundamentalist or Catholic guilt led striving, but it's living with this gospel, but striving each day. We've you know li- you know eternity is long, and life is short. You know, C.T. Studd's famous line was, you Pretty know, good. only one life will still yeah. be passed. Yeah. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so I think each of us, you know, want to be striving. I mean, and I had to, I had this had this conversation with myself this morning when I woke up and realized all the things I had. We leave for Ireland. We live three months a year in Ireland. We're leaving in ten days. And we, I, I'm about to face, one of our executives is picking me up. I'm, I'm facing six meetings today. So I'm having to make decisions. And I'm having to realize, actually, you know, we want to strive towards the eternal things. These things are decisions. They are important. Yeah. They have, people's lives are, are involved in them. We want to be sensitive and wise. But actually, the eternal things are the things that should be keeping us awake and striving towards those. So I think that's, I think that's just at a practical level, constantly. The Psalms are, are, there a Psalms are to use your, your playbox word, are a playbox of our emotions. Do you know what I mean? And God gives us emotions so that they draw us to him. They're, they're lightning rods of warning. If we're, if we're worried about something that is trivial or that is somebody who's hurt our pride, then we probably need to ask some serious questions. You know, our, our emotions should be, always be leading us to the Lord. We don't, we, we don't be stoic about emotions, but nor do we worship our emotions and long to feel good all the time. You know, we, we allow our emotions, like the psalmist do, to be honest and open and lead us to the one who the heavens can't hold, who is higher than us. Um, who has given us good news in Christ that transforms all our marriages and all our relationships and, uh, and all our work and uh, all our imperfections um, that, that each of us have to live with. So,
1: Keith Getty, thank you so much for being
0: with us this morning. Let's thank sing. You. Yes. <laughs> You've been listening to the New Canaan Society Podcast for the Franklin, Tennessee chapter. Remember to check out Harrington Interactive Media and get your book to print. They edit, package, and help you put your book on Amazon if you're an author, organization, or a publisher. That's HarringtonInteractive.com.